Welcome back, friends, to Occultus Anonymous and our Numenera Chronicle Rising Helix. This is Episode 11, Jungle of Lost Hope. What's going on, everybody? It is such a pleasure to be with you once again. Playing games, cracking jokes, being with friends. As always, we are Occultus Anonymous, a group of nerds who like being creative and performative in the course of that creativity. As some of you know, those who've been following along, <clears throat> we are playing Numenera. Except for using the Cypher system by Monica Games in our ongoing campaign for the moment is Rising Helix. We'll remind you of where we are in a moment. Because at the beginning of every episode, as is customary, we like to thank those who support us including Roll20 and the generous patrons that we have. And so, I'd like to read off the names of those patrons. They are Adele, Ethan Alice the Mad, Al, Alexander Williams, Alpha Wolf 2803, Alsrit, Bernie, Buck Gregory, Chris Hanforth, Doc, Emil, George, I'm the Real 06, James Winfield, John Fitzgerald, Josh Drew, Camo, Cat Feathers, Klaus, Liturgical, Entomology, Long Live the Queen, Melissa, Michael, Milo V3, Moku, Mozart D Minor, Other Guy, Perry, Food, Porter, Puppeteer, Riafio, Ryan, Sean Kelleher, Shexara, Thomas Vogel, Toast, Tumultuous Trip on a Treacherous Tree, Vincent Hamilton, Vortex Falcon 00, What's a Circle? Why Gender When You Can Serve the Iron Pyramid? And Sultan Kamini. Thank you so much, everyone. And, as a reminder, as some have taken advantage of, I and the others are happy to articulate any strings of assonant or consonant alliteration you desire, <laughs> sounds of sibilance, any sultry, dulcet tones you'd like to hear coming through the microphone and out of your speakers. Just let us know. Hey, we're here for it. Lots of puns, you know. We're we doing it, baby. We're doing it live. You know what I'm saying? All right. So, thanks, everyone. <clears throat> and so, we're about to jump back into our campaign in the ninth world. And I'm used to asking, would any of you like to remind us to where we are or where we were? But perhaps I should just take the <laughs> opportunity to do that for you. And I'm happy to. So... In the last episode, you all spent one year helping the elves, the elves who were only able to sleep for two weeks once a year with the aid of these particular ripening geodes. They are accompanied by interesting bird-shaped constructs, one of whom has a peculiar human-like personality as a consequence of speaking exclusively to a human for a hundred years. Well, 
Fortunately, in the course of that one year period, you were able to help restore their civilization and their knowledge of what procedure they were supposed to put in place to produce the colony that they were intended to create that was interrupted by their traumatic experience in the ice screen. After creating a bunch of Numenera devices and restoring some of their memories, as Vet did, you all realized and they told you that, oh, wait a minute, we're not going to be able to start the next step, which is the production of children, until they have, or until someone has confirmed that Lon, the doctor and perhaps leader of the community, their partner, Hope, was located or was confirmed that they are forever not to be found again. So you embarked on a quest in, uh, in uh, search of, of Whalefall, which is 500 meters in di- sorry 500 miles in diameter. You anticipated that with the help of an aerial drone that Faye was able to assemble, it would probably take only eight months to do that. In the course of five months, you found some interesting information. You made your way to the center of Whalefall, so about 250 miles from the northern perimeter into the center, and you were able to observe a translocation event. You learned, uh, Reuven convinced, uh, con- uh, in- informed you through their knowledge of the Numenera and some recent information that uh, these translocation events must have some source of energy in order to remain stable. So you perceive that there's some beacon somewhere else far away. You can determine precisely where, but that's what you learn. And then Reuven decided, why not? I'm an explorer. You know, I'm an experienced traveler, as they said, out of the fables. And when this translocation event happens, I'm just going to, you know, see what happens. I'm going to jump to the other side and see where this thing came from. And ended up, you know, who knows, maybe 120,000 feet below the surface of an ocean or something. Just tremendous atmospheric pressure for a single Earth second and realized, oh my God, I'm drowning. It's dark. This is terrible. Returned covered in silt, bone meal like silt, um, because that's a reverse instead of wet, and thought maybe that's a that's a that's a bad idea i won't repeat that you got some information by releasing a probe in there but it wasn't very useful because it was hard to on the fly create something that could withstand the pressure of the environment so you decided to continue proceeding south you reached a point at which that and reuven recognized that the constructs that harvest stuff from these technological bones are no longer around the thick-lipped fishies and the jellyfish are nowhere to be seen, and there are heaps of bone meal. Well, you were exploring one of those heaps. Reuven had a, a probe, a 10-foot pole, and uh, poked into and nearly pierced the giant eye of a fi- the, of the decapitated head of a 15-foot-tall Lattimore, and then recognized from their rugged experience and insight that this is probably a site for a predator's ambush. And in the same moment, an enormous six-legged alligator with jaws longer than the length of the rest of its body leapt at you and engaged you in a dramatic conflict. Faye was uh, prudent enough to activate an energy shield. Vet snapped into action by trying to create a poison and needling the, the alligator shooting a rocket into its mouth as it was attacking Blaze and Reuven. The alligator was able to snap both Blaze and Reuven in its jaws at once, preparing to get it into a grapple and then a certainly fatal death roll 
it definitely would have killed you if it had locked this in, but it, it damaged you severely, but not enough to impair you. So uh, Reuven, with their many powers, was able to get out. Blaze decided to stick around and try and impale the, the alligator, or impair the alligator, gripping its, its jaws mightily as it thrashed and tried to, to get Blaze to release. And then after that, uh, Reuven appeared out of invisibility and punched the alligator right in its cloaca, rectum, whatever um, portal orifice it had in the past, resulting in a concussive flow of viscera and force out the end of its mouth, and it died with a disappointing wet gurgle. Punched at the butt out of its face. Yes, exactly, out of its face. And all this viscera splashed around Bay, but <laughs> his prudently activated energy shield left him completely clean. And in that moment, you looked at each other and realized, well, there's still maybe 45 miles worth of distance until the southern perimeter. We've learned that this is an area where there's no harvesting happening. We haven't found hope yet, but we're optimistic because there's only a little more left to search. And perhaps we can now leave Whalefall finally and see what exists on the other side of the world. That's where we are. Oh, actually, that does remind me one of the last things I wanted yes. to do, because I haven't had the opportunity. Can I make and use my always tinkering to create a random temperamental cipher? Can I do that while walking? Yeah, you can. Cool. At this point in your, your, your life, you just like flips a little right. shelf when mm -hmm. you're just like working around while you're walking. However, and um, so that I am better at this than I should have been in the past. Um, there will be a difficulty associated with this, depending upon what you're trying to do. Well, in this particular case, I'm just talking about the temperamental cipher, where it's just the fi fiddle around for an hour, and then you yeah. get some random thing. Totally, yes. Sounds good. I just meant... The crafty As crafty. you were using that in the past to try and create specific things, mm -hmm. you're just going to be better at implementing, for the sake of your own enjoyment. Um, a challenging difficulty level to accomplish different things other than just what is random. But yes, absolutely. Go right ahead. Cool. Implement it uh, as you have been. So what are you doing? You're in front of this carcass of this alligator. There's viscera all over the place. It's enormous. You have many options in front of you. Did you see where they said they couldn't hear you? What? In chat. They said they couldn't hear me? Um, can't hear Drew. Oh, oh for Pete's sake. Come on, Drew, baby boy. I wasn't talking to you, chat. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like I like you or anything. No. <laughs> All right. And to catch everybody up, uh, I'm rolling a temperamental cipher. I rolled a 48. I have some living solvent. Ooh, yeah. That you sounds you could use weird. That. Canister yeah, containing right. slime, which... And unsettling. <laughs> yeah. Once released, this organic slime dissolves one cubic foot of material each round. After one round per cipher level, the slime dies and becomes inert. So we're going to find out how many uh, levels this thing has. Roll Be it up. Yep. 
I'm not gonna say anything. About <laughs> the organic slime. Please, yeah. <laughs> you know I'm here for everything. It starts you say with the word forbidden. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Whopping five. So uh, that's quite a bit of material I can chew through. That's mm-hmm. five cubic feet. All right. Yeah. So what are you gonna do? How do you how do you keep it in the container, or do you turn it on and off? I mean, they, I mean I <laughs> ask ask the nano. Seems like that, Craig. <laughs> it does say that it's it does say that is living solvent. So I'm just going to say that I have it well trained. Cool. Sounds good. Does it have a name? Greg. <laughs> Greg. All right. Sounds good. Greg the living solvent. Cool, and that's that and that's spelled G R A I G. That's fantastic, Greg. Uh, I know I made um one of my poisons. It lasts for an hour. I don't yes. remember its stats. Mm, yeah. What poison does is that um uh, changes the state of health, like from regular to debilitated to impaired, in addition to damage it causes. Yeah, this um, one doesn't do damage; it just hinders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So hindering. There we go. Yeah. Um. So it would, that would just, you know, of course, make um, all actions one difficulty level higher. And last time we re- realized um, or remembered that poisons uh, have a certain level, and that is the level of creatures they can affect. And above that, they by default don't affect it. But um, I think we need to adjust that because otherwise, based on the challenges you're encountering, your poisons aren't going to work as well as I think would be fun for vet. So. Yeah, this one is only because um, I remember I put like all the points into it I could, and it still yeah. is only like six. Yeah, I think. Um, so it didn't affect the. Um, didn't affect the gator. The well, it would yeah. affect the gator at six, but yeah, just you'd have to put a bunch of effort into it in order to get it higher. Yeah, so uh, I think I have an idea for that. So just place mark that, and um, I will inform you of what that is. We'll discuss that. And make sure that. And it works out because I think I want you. I, I want you to. I shouldn't say I think. I want you to have fun with poisons, and I think the default rules aren't going to work in this case. So, if that sounds good to you, that's an episode title if I've ever heard one. Ooh, what fun the default poisons. rules aren't going to work in this case? Oh, fun with poisons, perfect. Yes. <laughs> um. But yeah, for Faye, it's definitely a, well, this is now officially dangerous territory because it's no longer just a bunch of jellyfish things. So yep. um, uh, keep it moving. But I think possibly use the because the drone has been doing a lot of the scouting for us, if I remember correctly. And then we're just going to anything that looked out of the ordinary is what we were kind of stopping at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And cool. so, so we've been doing a lot of like scouting ahead, scouting ahead stuff, mm-hmm. scouting sideways to cover more ground and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Ruben is going to try and sort of, um, what's the word? Mm-hmm. Looking for a more scientific word than grok, but like. Try and understand how such an enormous predator, yes, can survive 
in like what the what the possible food chain could be here. Hmm. Yeah, because um, we have not been encountering many other creatures, right? Yes, mm-hmm. that's right. Yes, and there's like no plants or anything really. That's right. Not within Wellfall. Yeah. What is it doing here? How did it get here? How does it right. maintain itself? And uh, uh, one word that some people use in an ecological context is discern. Hmm. Yeah. That's an option if you want it. So, uh, Ruben, within a short time, like if you were to say, let's see, search in the immediate mile around mm-hmm. this this gator, you wouldn't find anything. And of course, you know, it's big, so it probably is a big territory. Right. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, confirm a suspicion that perhaps its territory is commensurate with its physical size. Mm-hmm. Which would suggest to Reuben that it's gigantic. Yes, this might be the edge of its territory. Mm-hmm. Which and does, I think, help me assuage fears of there being many more of them. Yeah. You would suspect that uh, a creature like this, if there isn't a lot of food here, there's not going to be a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And if there are a lot in one place, it's got to be full of something else that they can eat. Right. So. Okay. I think Ruben kind of relays a lot of that as they're like walking and talking and uh, it's kind of just this like almost like subroutine that they're thinking about while everything else is going on. Like, hmm, why is why is the big crocodile? Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and then it's like, okay, just so I think I, I don't know that they would like recommend everyone to relax, but like, I don't think we're going to run into another one of these. It makes the city hard. Then we're going to like really have to figure out what the hell's going on here because it doesn't make any <laughs> sense. Unless they have nests or an egg. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or something. It makes the city boy feel much better. So thank you, Ruben. Awesome. Um, Yvette, you. I don't know this. Like, what do you call it? You can do stuff with mines, right? (laughs) Something? What do you. Can can you detect them? (laughs) I was just. I've been thinking about ways that we might be able to speed up our search. But I don't know how far you can do that stuff you do. Uh, the range isn't very far. Okay. I can read thoughts if I'm close to someone. Okay. So it's not like you could do like a few miles. Just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it does need to be targeted. Uh, earlier I was doing just sort of like a passive listening to the general murmur but like if i'm actually looking for something i need to know who i'm targeting is that a numenara thing or does that come from you i'm just curious (laughs) it came from the box okay or the box unlocked it in me 
Not sure. Happy fun watcher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that she left with a bunch of jacks. What could possibly it's go ultimate. wrong? It's the ultimate trick. It's, it's what's done. Hey, I can read minds now. You want to check this out? Yes, absolutely. Give it to me. Of course. Yes. <laughs> and I love the idea that like one Jack gets superpowers when Jack you know, can read minds. The other one ends up in a Hellraiser episode. Yep. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the Cinnabites like, are looking. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't have any concept of uh, this going badly because it didn't. Yeah. So, yeah, just here. <laughs> Worked fine for me. I think that's great. That is totally the Jack attitude. <laughs> yes. Worked fine last time. Worked fine yes. me. I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love it. Yeah, all yeah. of my abilities are short range. So if it's helpful as reminders for maybe points of um, inspiration, right? Like, you don't know where Hope might be. You know that, hey, Hope might be buried in bone meal. One of you acknowledged. So wait a minute. If um, Hope is um, in a state of hibernation or is not moving or something and like somehow fell on the ground, her skin is alabaster, it's a color of bone. And the ground is covered in silt. And now you're in this place where there are heaps of bone meals. So, oh, God, how do I find this person, right? Oh, that's right. Like, mm-hmm. And we haven't, I don't think we were ch- checking bone meal piles and stuff as we were working our way through the grid, were we? Well, those are well, more yeah. recent. Okay. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, the, the piles are new. So. Okay, okay, cool. Actually, maybe that's what we do. Yeah, I think at this point, you might just need to sort of fan out and poke. Gently. Yeah. Yeah, rather than trying to search for... Well, especially if they're up and moving, we're going to find them anyways. But if they're not... That's right. Then, you know, because the other thing to remember, and correct me if I'm wrong, Ralph, but we have some tagalongs, some elf tagalongs. Yeah. Four. Yep. One for each of you. And so, no birds, of course. Right. So Shore wanted speech. to come. Yeah, Shore, to, Shore, of course, wanted to come. Shore didn't realize, oh, wait a minute. And, and Reuven did the nice thing. Nice and also potentially burdensome thing. Being like, you're important to people. You're yep. really important to Mon. You can't come. Because if you die, then Mon also loses hope. And if hope can't be found, you might need to be Lon's counterpart in some ways. So you will be hope. And then Shore opened, opened his beak, and then laid on the ground. And I am. <laughs> Damn, I said all that. That's good role playing, Chris. Yeah, it was great. You <laughs> it was good. listened to it. Yeah. It was real good. <laughs> you you broke this poor little bird. Yep, it was awesome. <laughs> also, of course, I appreciate that it's coming from a place where Reuven understands what it's like to be apart and lose connection unexpectedly without realizing how important they are. So. But yeah, I think at this point, that is the, the goal now is a little bit more spread um, okay. and start knocking over large piles because okay. it's the most likely thing if they were to Ooh. fall unconscious and super hungry. All right. It, uh... We need like a leaf blower. Well, Listen, I am out here in the middle of nothing. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know what Reuben did last time? It burns a lot of a lot of a lot of speed there, if I remember correctly. Oh, I don't I don't mean I don't mean the gut punch or the, the butt punch that led to an explosion of viscera. I mean the initial efficient distribution of oh, dis, um, uh, push of bone meal. Mm-hmm. Like the of Dragon Ball punch. Mm-hmm. I, use, I think you're using Onslaught. Mm-hmm. I think Ruben just said, you know, let me just have a force blast and have all this bone meal fly all over the place. Mm-hmm. But you can poke you can poke in there too. You can, yeah. you can pull a D&D first edition move. Just poke with a 10 foot pole. Let's, yep. just, let's yep. just keep finding horrible things under these piles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. If you want, we can do that. Real, <laughs> yes. uh, real Binding of Isaac, shooting the poop so you can maybe find a coin in it. <laughs> sort of energy. For those people who haven't played video games, and that sounds horrific, that's it's it's a video game, and it is also horrific. Yeah, it's cute too, though. For some definition, that was a <laughs> deafening silence. I mean, look, now be careful. Yep. In the ninth world, maybe maybe there's a huggy wuggy dimension. Um, but actually, it's not a bad idea—the ten foot pole thing—and we do have a bunch of stuff laying about. So, um, yeah, crafting together some. Actually, you know, it'd be perfect for this: giant pizza paddles. That would be. Yeah. You <laughs> know, just... also you, you could potentially use here. You could use some of the bones of the. Yeah, creatures. and that's what I was thinking yeah. of making it oh, out of. Cool. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah, you can make everyone a 10-foot pole if you want. Yep. Yeah, I was looking for my inventory to see if I had anything that would work, and not yet. No, she's been gone for years, right? She's been gone for a hundred years. There's a primary reason why Faye thinks that if she's in the whale fall, she's most likely to be under one of these big Mounds. Yeah, that's I think a good assumption. But yeah, if she's in here, she's probably not awake. It is a reasonable assumption. Or alive. That is also a possibility, but Faye is going with the hope that hope is alive. Yeah. So yeah, if you want me to tell you what the result of that is, I'm happy to. Uh, if the eight of you fan out with ten foot poles and you start poking the piles of bone meal that you see here and there, it would probably take you collectively about two weeks to get through all of this basically 50 mile diameter area. It's like a we little have... bulge at the southern edge of this. Mm-hmm. And we have rations to last a long time. Yeah, you had rations for a year. Mm-hmm. You, had, you had plenty for a year. You were prepared for a year. You planned it out so that it would likely only take you eight months. And you've been in here for five. Mm-hmm. So. so yeah, we're we're fine to take the time yeah. to do this. Yeah, you'll be okay. Getting across it doesn't take nearly as long as like carefully looking everywhere you can mm-hmm. to try and find this person. The, the rate limiting step is finding them, of course. Like getting back across it if you trip across it isn't going to take you that long. People travel 500 miles hiking, you know, or if you're ultra marathoners, you run 250 miles in, you know, a day and a half. No, no. Fair enough. (laughs) 
So, uh, it, in the course of those two weeks, you find these things. You find more Lattimore heads that are ripped up. They're all about the same size, which surprises you. Because you do not know Lattimore's to be that big. You find another alligator here and there. But you're prepared this time. So, um, they erupt. And uh, when you poke into them, instead of the first one trying to ambush you, perhaps that one was a little more patient than the others. But you know how to deal with them collectively. Blaze grabs the mouth. And then Reuven punches them right in the butt. And exactly. Yeah, you keep the mouth closed so you don't get snapped up. And then Reuven immediately comes out of invisibility and boom. It ain't worse with its longest work. Yeah, Punching out back into the crocodile. Back in the crocodile. Yes. That's so good. Faye only has that one use of the shield, so he's definitely, like, not in any vicinity. And, I mean, uh, upon reconfiguring the poisons, Vet is able to actually aid through the poison use, not just the damage caused by shooting um, needles into it. But, yeah, you're you're able to, to deal with the alligators once, um, once it happens. There's no guarantee that the um, outside of this context there will only be a single alligator you deal with but up until this point in the course of the two weeks you were able to manage it quite well so you also find a relic you find what's it look like hmm. you find a piece of clothing Hard to tell what specific garment is, but it reminds you of the texture and cut of Lon's garments. And okay. you find a geode seed. Hmm. And you find it near, very near the southern edge. So in the course of these two weeks, you're searching all these you find stuff, you're coming up, ah, you know, what do we find here and there? More Lattimore heads. Where are the bodies? Um, more alligators. And then finally, when you're getting towards the southern edge, you find some evidence to suggest that an elf has been here. I was going to say, did the clothes look like they were current, like they had been worn and then were ripped off? Or it was like they were set aside fell, you know, into a little heap. It looks like a garment that was worn before and perhaps fell off of somebody in haste. Yeah, and so it's in that position because it's covered in bone meal. Right. So. Yeah, so not like shredded as if it were ripped off, but just yes. run away and your, you know, happy little cape just floats off. Okay. That's a reasonable assumption. Was the seed... Did it look like it had been planted or, like, dropped? It looks like it was dropped along with the, the clothing. Well, I mean, between clothing yeah, plus up. seed, yeah. Like, we're, we're on the right trail at this point now. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And of course, if you ask the, the four elves with you, they would confirm that uh, that's familiar. They remember. That's good. That's good. Well, I mean, Vet helped them over the course of a year. So, mm-hmm. yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's, oh, but for, for Faye, it's good job, guys. Like, keep, oh. keep, up the, <laughs> keep up the memory thing because, like, we still haven't fixed you. That's um, exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. You have um, picked all the low-hanging fruit. Right. Which, of course, is major for a person's identity. Even if they don't have everything back. Yes, very important for the identity of these people that we have not named. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you'll get named when it's relevant and important to you. Yep. Okay. (laughs) So, we head out of the whale hole. Yeah. Cool. Sounds good. Who's going first? Um, Unless somebody else cuts them off, please. Probably go first. All right. You emerge, and the first things that happens is um, you are slapped in the face with a moist leaf. There's that, like, phase wall thing at the edge of the whale fall. Yep. So we couldn't see out of it. It was like a fog? Yes, like a fog. Yeah. It is opaque, so you can't see through it. But of course you can walk through it. And it seemed, you know, contiguous... And some kind of peculiar membrane, right? But yeah, you so walk out into a. Go ahead. Go ahead. So feeling above, blaze mainly drops from a battle stance and then realizes it's just a plan. Yes, it's just a plan. And then uh, he drops a battle stance before anyone notices. <laughs> <laughs> and blaze, you are in a thick jungle. Um, what's smell? Scant sunlight coming through the canopy. It smells floral. You know what? Actually, here's something. It reminds you distinctly of the f- complex floral aromas that were in Hakon's estate. Well. Yeah, I remember what Blaze thought then. <laughs> um, um, it was poison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a mind control chemical. Yes. Um, I mouth and lean back and um, I don't know. And then <laughs> what? Like Blaze stuck his head back to it so you guys could see him and said, I don't know, and then went back. With his arm covered. <laughs> Faye, not knowing what is out there, <laughs> covers his own mouth and goes, What is it? And like as soon as he <laughs> smells it, the hand comes down, and he's like, This again. <laughs> <laughs> it's just flowers. It's like, okay, yeah, I remember this. It's been a year and change, but yeah. I smell bone dust for like five months. But. Oh yeah, no, I was going to say, the first thing Faye does, it's like, okay, we're here, cool. Shoes come mm. off, toes in grass. <laughs> <laughs> Just going to yeah. take a moment to shake all of the clothes to try to remove as much of the powder as possible. Yeah. <laughs> Riven immediately assesses that jungles have lots of things in them. Um, and yeah. Tells you to put your shoes back on before you get a parasite. <laughs> Worth the risk for for fifteen seconds. You can tell me I told you so later. It um, it is humid. It is uh, a pleasant temperature. However, you can tell that if you exert yourself, it will become uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. 
Um, the sunlight is faint and dappled here and there because of the thick canopy overhead. That's what and I was going to ask. So it is like heavy out. rainforest? Yes, it is a thick, heavy rainforest. Go ahead. Great. Any signs of life, auditory yes. or otherwise? Yeah, you hear numerous sounds. This is the first place we've been that had like ambient life. Yes. Yes, it is. So Which you hear. Blaze's mind means predators, so he's going to be on his guard. You hear distant calls and response as though there are animals communicating with each other. You hear um, rustling of vegetation off in the distance, things moving through. You hear this distinct sound of slithering undergrowth. And if any of you look down in your immediate vicinity, you notice that some of the ground-dwelling vines are more animate than you might expect. <laughs> Faye puts his shoes back on. <laughs> I just like the name you taking your shoes off and then a vine, like, curling around <laughs> your toes. <laughs> Cue Grant Imahara. Something just touched me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I you am see... holding my little bird. <laughs> Trash Griffin. Because yes. I don't. Yeah. I'm worried about it getting eaten by something. Yeah, it could be prey here. That's for sure. And predator. As you see, isopod-like creatures moving around. You see some type of arthropods moving here and there. You see annelids. You see a riot of color off in the distance. Once your eyes adjust to the relative gloom here, which um, is different uh, than the, the the kind of like twilight you saw inside Whalefall. Yeah, because Whalefall never had night. It was just the That's one. Right. Yes, like like a nightlight was on constantly in Whalefall through or gauze or something like that. Um, but yeah, you're here, you hear sounds, you smell smells, you feel the air moving, there's moisture, and uh, yeah, you see so many things. Faye takes a moment and turns back to the elves and goes, it is okay. These sounds are normal. This is what <laughs> most of the world sounds like. <laughs> because between where they were at home and then whale fall... Yes. They um, look like they um, untense their shoulders and nod at you, you know, for you to take the lead in instructing them how they can help. The transition from Whalefall to the jungle was like the terrain contiguous. Oh, I see what you mean. Or is there a hard break? Like this was one, you know, biodome geographical area and this would be different? Uh, the 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 innate the feel of the ground is um, starkly different because Whalefall is as though this was teleported from another world, which Ruben mm-hmm. was able to understand, right? And then just translocated without um, seamlessly meshing it with anything else. The elevation is the same, fortunately, right? There's no change there, but the ground in Whalefall was relatively smooth, as though it was laser level covered in bone meal right like at the bottom of an ocean mm-hmm. and you come into the 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 jungle and all of a sudden there are roots and there are leaves and there's stuff to step on so you've been stepping on completely solid ground flat and regular for five months 
And now here it is a regular. There are knots, there are vines, there's all kinds of stuff. It's not squishy alive soil. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I want to just try to look for any sort of signs of that things have been here. Ooh, okay. Even if it's just like animals in the vicinity, I want to find. Cool. Would like, certainly be able to help with that. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. Please make a perception test. Forget how helping. Skilled in that. That you is. You can give what someone an asset if you are at least trained. Yeah. Uh, what is the difficulty? The difficulty here would be four. Okay, I have trained and skilled, so that drops it to two. Yes. You get an asset for me, so it's only one. Yep. Nailed it. All right, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. All right, this is what you see. You notice off in the distance, <laughs> maybe like a uh, hundred feet away from you, um, because that's the, the, the farthest distance you can see in this particular area you're in. Looks like you're in um, a convenient clearing, to, to, you know, of, of sorts, right? There aren't really any clearings in places like these. Um, but you can see about 100 feet ahead, and there is a large piece of bark that's been either brushed or scratched off, moving away from you, which would be south, based on your heading that you have been moving through Whalefall. You can see off to your right that some of the undergrowth has been trampled recently. And then off to your left, you can see uh, a single... I don't want to say hoof. Footprint. In the soil. And you're welcome to go up and examine it more if you like. Any of these signs you can... Any of this spore you can take a closer look at. Uh, I want to go look at the footprint and see, like, if I can sort of figure out roughly what sort of creature it belonged to. Okay, cool. Sounds good. As you get closer, you look at it. It is about the span of probably... Two of your hands, you put them side by side, and it has just as many digits. Looks like this. Hmm. One in the center, four on each side. Yes, I have no idea what animal this is. It's a jumping spider. <laughs> it is has one too many legs. Does it? Or is it just a big old fat face? <laughs> Faye yeah, is very so useful at animal identification. How how big is this print? You said print is the size of two human hands. Okay. Like you know, those hands cross. vary, but yeah. yeah so. No carry a spot, like... big ass spider, but not a carry people away into the trees type of spider. Yeah, I mean, based on what you see, yeah, if it is a spider, right, and that's its whole body, 
Yeah, that's not how spiders um, walk, though. Obviously, it's what's a jumping like one. Oh, so you, you think it splats fully in between tops? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. Faye does. <laughs> Must be very clear on this. <laughs> They're called jumping spiders. How else? That's obviously how they... Yeah. I know this is kind of unknown sure. territory and stuff, but we should probably get out of the smell. Why? It's the same flowers that they were using to mess with people back in the arboretum or whatever. What? The, 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 that was that was that was like a year ago. I can't believe you're still on this place. Wasn't fair, anything. It was way more than a year ago. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, wasn't that? Hold on. I'm not saying this out loud and carry. Wasn't that just something Blaze missed? Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Don't worry. I'm, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> it's been 18 months since we've had to do this, but Faye puts an arm around Blaze and like, okay, we need to go over this again. <laughs> While they're dealing with plant and animal identification, let me remind you, nobody else thought that was mind control. Uh, I guess I want to ask the elves if this print looks familiar, because this isn't an animal I know. Mm-hmm. They have no idea what it is. Cool. So we're all on the same page here. I don't know, Reuben. You are the the rugged animal person. Um, no. I don't. Voice think, I don't think it's a jumping. All right, good now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but but we can track yeah. if you want. There's also whatever scraped the tree, and then uh, what was the other one? Like disturbed underbrush. Yes, that's right. Crushed undergrowth to the right. Some like bark scraped off to the directly south of you, and then to the left there was this print. I'd say if Root like the chance that Reuben would know what this is based on the things that I know from Reuben, because you haven't, assuming that what Chris you've shared with me about Reuben. Mm-hmm. Is the basic nature of Ruben? I'd say there is a chance that Ruben knows what this is, but it would be sure. difficulty ten. Oh wow! And of course, that isn't me like encouraging you necessarily to use tons of effort if you don't want to. Just saying there is there is a chance that that Ruben would have heard of this somehow. Yeah, I think Ruben just kind of like starts to think about what it is, and then it's like it, it doesn't matter what it is if we track it, and so that's what they'd be interested in cool that makes sense outside of the uh, or I think yeah more just like it pays more to be aware of larger creatures in the Hmm. surrounding yep and this is like sets of prints or we just found one you found one, a single okay. one. Just yeah. in like a particular squishy spot. Yes, that's right. Exactly. That's the impression you get. It left yeah. an impression like this of its depth and size because of the nature of the ground. Cool. Um, if it's possible to track it, then that's what I'd like to try to do. I mean, well, you can try. Yeah, you can just like move through where it is and try and look around for it. Um. I'd say 
Hmm. Trying to track this particular creature is going to be easier than knowing what it was. But based on the circumstances, you could try and find additional signs of its presence with a difficulty seven roll. Okay. Yep. And of course, knowledge of animals helps here, yeah. as do, as would a tracking skill. You have that instead. Could also give you spyglass to help you look at things, if that would help. Let's see here. Depends on how based on the distance. Um, I don't think the spyglass would help here because you're not going to be able to look far enough such that your vision is impaired yeah, okay. by distance. It's all up close. Yeah, it's, it, that's, it's, it's repeatedly been a good use, right? But I'm just like thinking about this, like if the magnification is going to help here. But yeah, it's mostly up close. So I feel like using binoculars to look at inside your room. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Reuven's rugged. Reuven's been around, notices things about animals. This is what you observe. This print there is deep and it's distinct. You start looking around, you notice off to the left, there are more signs of impressions like this in places. Some of the impressions are like maybe leftover moisture. You see the a faint impression on bark, like fibers removed from bark or pressed down on bark of the same shape here and there. Mm-hmm. Stretching off. So it looks like something, whatever is responsible for this, made impressions like this moving off in the same direction. But only one of them you see in the course of this tracking attempt is in the ground. Because it's a spider jumping from place to place. That's consistent with what he, with Reuven, they have observed. How high up is the... Counterpoint could be a good frog. That's what I'm talking about. Good buddy. Sprog went according. Sprog. Oh, God. Because <laughs> eight legs. <laughs> I like it. All I was left. Yeah, a little yeah. sprog, buddy. Or a frider. Oh, I like frider better. <laughs> I like that a lot better. But yes, also from some from software. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm really having a good time picturing this horrible creature in my brain. Yep. <laughs> it's like spider body with eight big squishy frog legs. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Just wait till you see it. Those are its toes. Has eight big points of toes. Yep. Oh, no. spider leg frog feats. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Meanwhile, poor Ralph was over here. It was supposed to be just this, but <laughs> it's supposed oh. to be a bunny. <laughs> you never, never make anything until it's on screen. Yep. Exactly. You know me. <laughs> and that applies to all of you at home. Mm-hmm. If yep. your, if your story, if your, if your players are off and they're inventing this terrible monster. Roll with mm-hmm. it. That's, that's how absolutely you... what you wrote in your notes. You're like, wow, guys, that's great. <laughs> yep. I must really set those clues up really well. This is how you get the dread gazebo. <laughs> that absolutely that's right. horrifying thing you're imagining. Yes, it's that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's that thing. Yeah, or rather, it is now. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. It has become this. Mm-hmm. Okay, so those that's are moving, like, further off to the left. 
Yes, mm -hmm. that's right. So I don't think that this thing was what has been disturbing the undergrowth or ripping bark off mm -hmm. trees. Yes. Okay. So, two quick question. How yes. high up is the damage to the tree? Cool. Um, different heights. So the one at the print is ground level, right? Mm -hmm. Forgive me if that seems um, pedantic to reinforce that. No, um, the ones on the rocks are maybe about the height of your knee, right? Because there okay. are rocks and growth. Rocks aren't going up that high, right? You see stuff here and there, right? It's not like there are a lot of rocks in this jungle, but there are rocks here and there, right? Mm -hmm. um, you see a print at head height, and you see a print about 10 feet high. Or at least that Reuven saw and pointed out to you all. So these these markings are at varying heights. So second question, does the damage look incidental or intentional? Ooh, like when gotcha. a bear is marking a tree with claws, it's definitely doing that. If it's just brushing by a tree on its way by. That, that makes sense. Okay. It does not look like, well, one thing you would have noticed is these are impressions. Mm -hmm. These do not look like, you don't get the impression that whatever this is are claws that are scraping something. So it seems like perhaps the impressions are a result of something else, not like a bear is trying to gouge a tree because there aren't they aren't gouges. So it's hard to tell if whatever this is is just hitting things or if the impressions are left as a consequence of this thing doing something else. Okay. That's fine. I mean, finding one 10 feet up. Maybe it's a frog. <laughs> Could be. Oh. I don't want to paint that picture for anybody. <laughs> um, well, actually, I was going to say that thing is doing its thing. Clearly not an elf. Uh -huh. But I realize also the bark is probably a more recent thing than, you know, a hundred years ago. If nothing else, figuring out what kind of things are in the ecosystem might at least be a start. Because, I mean, if we find some terrifying super predator, I don't have a lot of hope for hope. Mm -hmm. But... I feel like this is good for us being in here to have a general yeah. idea of what might be mm -hmm. around. So yeah, I want to go look at them. I guess the scraped off bark on the tree to see if okay. there's like furs or fibers or anything caught in there. Cool. Great idea. Yeah, you see some stuff. You see purple fur. Oh, okay. And and if you take a close look at the hair, it looks like it's purple at the root, and it gradually turns to orange. Not the color of those giant fur boys. Oh, the Lattimore. Yeah, hang on. I got a picture of them somewhere. Well, not somewhere. In Numenera. Yeah. Are the, like, Yeti things? Mm -hmm. I only saw the picture once, but that's what I was... Yeah. Yeti fungal symbionts? Yep. And that's over in... Uh... Discord, www.yeetintu.space, uh, in the Numenera chat. That's cool. Mm hmm. Yeah, I mean, 
Actually, to not be too meta about it, does it match the fur that we found on the Lattimore heads? Yes. <laughs> Remember, kids, don't meta game. Great. Um, okay, so possibly. they have like civilization, right? Yes, they are people. Right. Sick. We would like to find looking at their feeds now. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I didn't look. Yeah, maybe they're acrobats, getting flips and stuff, bouncing off trees. They have basketball in the jungle, dunking on fools. That'd be kind of dope. Oh yeah, these are huge ones though. Mm-hmm. They were giant. More than twice the size of average Lattimore height. Which, if I remember correctly, were average human height. Seven feet tall. Okay. They're Yeti folks. Mm-hmm. Yep. But not... Okay. Anyway, I won't, I won't reference that absurd conspiracy theory. <laughs> um, do we... Hunt... Well... Do we stalk monster or do we try to find people that might be able to help us find hope? I think hope would be our focus. Right. And finding allies is kind of phase thing. Mm -hmm. These people are can be friendly. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I plainly, and because Ruben's not good at, you know, talking, remember, um, etiquette and stuff like that. If she has survived, it is likely due to finding somewhere to, some people to survive with. Mm -hmm. That is uh, an idea that had never occurred to Please. So, you <laughs> that. oh, yeah. that's great. <laughs> just thought she might be out here alone. I, I really thought that she was like dead. <laughs> I mean, that's also a possibility, likely. right? But there was no way. We all in just my had mind this conversation that... in front of the other four elves. Well, you couldn't like, be quiet, so they don't. Nothing. There was no way in my mind that I could reconcile somebody who would fall asleep, like just collapse eventually from lack of energy and not being able to eat for a hundred years, still being alive. But if she found another settlement, that makes sense. It's brilliant. Do we know what uh, these folks in our time, what their language was like, what they sound like? Oh, gotcha. Um... I'm trying to think of how I would call one. Depends upon the Lanamores. Um, They communicate with people. Some of them know human language. So you would know that depending upon where they are and who they are, that you could talk to them. Okay. Also, you know that Lanamores can use Numenera just like anybody else. So it's possible that they don't have a universal translator. They might have some means to enable them to communicate with someone whose language they don't know. It's hard to sell, right? Or hard to anticipate. But you have known of those things in your experience. And especially as a well-traveled Jack, you know that there is always a means that you can try and communicate with people, even when it seems impossible. Also, I have telepathy. 
Exactly. Which, yeah. <laughs> um, I was more thinking of like, like a jungle sound that they might recognize. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, mm. as opposed to, I mean, I guess we could just scream, but <laughs> maybe howler monkey scream. There's a lot of sounds in this jungle. You know, it, 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 you're asking that because you're thinking that maybe they're trying to summon a Lattimore? Uh, yeah, I was thinking of like like a call you would use for like calling oh. a creature or something. Gotcha. Hmm. I don't think But if they just know. use like normal words, then yeah, I guess you could just yell. Yeah. Don't know that I want to do that in a jungle that may have a, that thing as a predator. Yeah, I, I mean, we don't know what that thing is. <laughs> Until properly identified, it is a super predator. Yeah, which is, again, is why I was trying to find, like, what their sound might be, as opposed mm. to just us making a racket. That makes sense. You got any ciphers that can help you with it? I do not. <laughs> Have smoke bomb, which could. I'm thinking of like a smoke signals. Yeah. You know, we also I I think I was um negligent in this regard during the break, um, but I intended to provide you with an opportunity to refresh your ciphers in the course of those five months, um, just like you did the first time you were in Whalefall, because there was so much you know. A material sort of stuff around, around yeah. that Faye could use to help be with that. So if anyone would like to shuffle and or replenish your stock, you could. I just realized now that I forgot to tell you that. Where's the list of them? Uh, let's see, what number? Yeah, I found this. It's okay. chapter 17. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'd just be rolling, rolling it up. And those ones are a little more combat adventure oriented. So if you check in uh, Destiny, there's also the list of some more uh, exploratory or non-combat stuff. Like there's one called Far Speaker. Does that do what we need it to? For the next 10 minutes, the user can be heard at any long, uh, at any distant location they can see, as long as that nothing physically blocks them. They can also hear sounds made in return. Oh, it like projects and to a far spot. And comes so back. Like those displays at science museums. Mm-hmm. Yes. The big parabolic. Or back in. What was the name? Was that a Jax? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. I couldn't remember. Jack's Haven. And yep. then where was the second place you saw it? Uh, <laughs> yeah. The um In the Birthless Mines was the mirrored Sepulcher. Secret mirrored room. Sepulcher. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yeah. Uh but that's just a short distance across in the target location, but that's like in the location you can see, so it doesn't quite work for us. But my point is, there is some more utilitarian items in there. Yeah. Um, actually, considering the time, perhaps mm-hmm. we go on a quick break. That's a good idea. Yes, well, we let's go on a quick break. While you all think about that, um, 
and I'll, I'll, I'll elaborate after we're on the break. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for watching. We'll be YouTube folks. We'll be you. You won't even notice this Twitch folks. We'll be back in a, in a GIF. E. So uh, you were all surveilling the spore. Um, so the grips realized hey, maybe some ladder more around thinking about how you're going to summon them. Um, realized looking through your ciphers and like, all right, well, we might need to use some other means to to find them. So right now, once again, leave it to you. What's going on? I mean, I'm thinking we head for Lattimore's. Okay. Yeah, but we gotta find him. We have fur and and we have Reuben. Just put the two together, we find Lattimore's. <laughs> I love it. I'm not sure that's the how natural it world, but... like machines. It's great. We got stuff. Do it. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we made the turn. We, we just had made the conclusion that there's probably a lot of moors nearby. Mm -hmm. And um, that we might be able to talk to them. Right. Um, well, most civilizations are near a water feature. Mm. That's how we found the elves in the first place. Um, so that is uh, perhaps Ruben's thing. So if there's sort of a downhill that also follows where some of these uh, markings and underbrush disturbances and stuff are going, then that is sort of the way they'd like to track and follow. Uh, Sounds good. I'll keep it out for like technology, technological things and other, you know, like Ruben's fairly well wounded. Well rounded, um, well rounded. Uh, as long as they don't have to like formally talk to people. So, mm. speaking of technology, are you forgetting about a device that you were using before that was helping you? Oh, we do have the drone. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's oh, probably actually... a pretty good asset, huh? I mean, if you want to use it. All of a sudden, I just have the idea of Faye walking with one hand on uh, Blaze's shoulder and just. <laughs> yes. Yes. Staring into it like a millennial. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, because seeing down through the jungle, probably not great, but spotting as Ash is talking about smoke and other signs of mm -hmm. civilization mm -hmm. I can help Reuven I have this very unique idea that I came up all by myself great let's do it alright excellent so what do you do with that drone uh, whatever he tells me to they tell me to I'm not trying to be pedantic I, there are just things I want to reveal to you based on what choices you specifically make You'll eventually be able to, of course. You know, it's not like I'm trying to restrict anything. I just yeah, yeah. The, how the story I mean, progresses. So. It's just a tool-assisted speedrun at this point. Um. <laughs> yes, I'm totally well. I'm totally happy if Ruben thinks of that in character too. Like this is how That's it works. Because well, Ruben runs fast. Yes, exactly. Tool helping. Yeah, so. <laughs> video games and all that. 
That's what that, was a, that was a multi-layered cardboard. It's real good. Uh, <laughs> I got SGD kill on the brain because it's like two months early this year. Ooh. Um, yeah, so same same pursuit of things to find, just also using the, the drone camera stuff, which I assume Faye has. We didn't actually go over what the, like, connection was, but I assume you've got some sort of camera that you see through it, and, you know, you're doing that whole, like, drone pilot racing VR goggles shit. Yeah. Never get to play Shadowrun, so I'm gonna pretend to be a rigger. <laughs> well, I will plug here, just mention, for a future reference, anybody, I made a Cypher System hack of Shadowrun, which is, I consider, pretty damn good. Same. So, I have playtested it. I like it a lot. You definitely have Ashen Eyes attention, for sure. <laughs> I, I'm just saying. Just saying. It's, it exists. Ash, Ash really needs to be a neon bisexual elf. I want to be cyberpunk elf so bad. That is a possibility. So, alright. If you send the drone up and start scanning, or if it makes more sense to just say the drone never came down after you um, mm -hmm. exited from Whalefall and then you remembered, oh yeah, that drone is hell on yeah. uh, Let's look at the drone feed. You would see this. You are indeed, um, your position is at the top of a gentle slope. Very gentle. Uh, the things you note are, there are some more clearing-like areas. However, it seems like perhaps what produced this clearing originally isn't there because the drone is giving you views from rather high up of what seem like large onyx monoliths. The reason why I say onyx as opposed to obsidian is that it has a slightly different luster to it. Uh, and they are spaced probably every five or ten miles throughout this jungle. The thing that is clear from the drone is that <clears throat> the, the trees are perhaps taller than it seemed at first. Trees are about 250 feet tall. So this is either a place where the trees have been growing a very long time or a place where the trees are intrinsically tall and they just recover. From Reuven's knowledge of succession, ecological succession, at least if not in the the precise scientific sense, despite their experience as a nano, um, experience in jungles would suggest that this place has been around for some time. And then, at the bottom of this gentle slope, which uh, the bottom of is about 30 miles away, there is a very large lagoon. And it looks like, perhaps, there are things in that lagoon. Usually water, but... <laughs> I'm like, what sort of things? Sewage, um, tailings. It's a giant... Of things. Uh, what you want is just a, just a painter for liquid. <laughs> mm -hmm. Beasts. Mm -hmm. Toilet paper. Gross enough. Yeah, that's right. It seems like there are big, big creatures in it. Mm -hmm. Hard to tell at the distance exactly what they are because they seem obscured by the water. Perhaps the farmer had a, had a lagoon for a pig poop. Oh, yeah. 
What was that, Chris? Maybe it's the Crocagators. Not an unreasonable conclusion. But we do know how to deal with those. Mm-hmm. Yep, when it's one of them. It's true. Yeah, I haven't tried it. <laughs> Full pack of them? Dual wielding, so to speak. That's right, exactly. <laughs> We call that double fisting. Uh, oh, we don't. No, we do not. <laughs> yes, we I do. specifically was not trying yes. to use those words. Well, I said it. Okay, so. <laughs> Ash, I want to point out, Ash just tried to gain control of this tree. <laughs> it's, uh, I want to look at the, like, Onyx monoliths. Okay. Through the drone? Well, how close are they? So the drone, let's say, is about a thousand feet up. <clears throat> it's been maintaining a pretty height. Also, um, it, it came down because it needed to be really high in order to be above the mm-hmm. layer of mm-hmm. the dome and whale fall. But it's it's about a, a thousand feet above now. Yeah. Um, and the monoliths look like perhaps a crude representation of a Lattimore. From the height and the growth around it, it's hard to discern completely. Um, the light is a little low, and again, it doesn't have the same luster or reflectivity of obsidian. So you know that you could probably discern the features more closely if the drone were somehow to, to lo- get lower and get close to a monolith. You could instruct to do that if you wanted. Okay, that seems easier than trying to go physically find one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the nearest one is five miles away, and they're like, you know, okay. modded, scattered throughout the jungle every five or ten miles or something like that. But yeah, you don't have to walk five miles. You could send the drone over, take a look. Easily done. Yeah. And when you do that, if you have the drone come and hover down, these monoliths are two hundred feet tall, nearly the top of trees, and they do look like latimers. Massive latimers. When you say that they're kind of spaced out, is there a um, recognizable rhyme or reason? Like, say, one might mark out a territory, like a ring or a border or something like that? Or does it just seem literally interspersed throughout the jungle? Um, I think it's a little hard to tell. Uh what we do in this situation, of course, is like perform a geospatial analysis using certain tools in order to detect that there's some consistency in their placement. I will say just based on that view, it looks like um, their specific locations don't seem particularly regular where you are right now. Right. And the number you see doesn't suggest that they're marking out any kind of border, just that perhaps they're signifying an area. It might be important. So. And yeah, like I said, if you wanted to spend a lot of time with the drone and going over and finding where all of them are, then you could probably, um, I would give you a roll at a certain difficulty in order to identify something. No, I think... First glance. Yeah. yeah. And based off Chris's comment that Reuven is looking for water, I think the lagoon is Mm -hmm. step one. Yeah, it's big. Like I said, it's 30 miles away. (laughs) And it's a gentle slope. It's it's it is not so gentle that it could only be perceived by a first edition Dungeons and Dragons dwarf, but it is not so it is not steep enough for it to prove a real challenge for you to navigate it. Cool. 
So we want to attempt to head that go way. To the thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. I am nervous about the things in the water. <laughs> For good reason. Yeah. We don't have to get like close, close, but that seems like a good direction to like start going and then Ooh. figure out more things from there. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And this is, um, you know, an unfamiliar jungle. You know, jungles have growth in them. They're no roads here. So this is going to take you a little while to travel through it. Fortunately, as you can tell, um, you were able to maintain a regular sleeping schedule as you were in the, the whale. You were in whale fall, regardless of the fact that the light was relatively um, dim. So you've emerged into the jungle in early morning. Mm. If you hoofed it and somehow were able to blaze a trail really quickly and everybody moved as swiftly as Blaze or Reuben, and you might be able to travel to 30 miles in a day, but you're probably going to have to spend an evening in the jungle before you get to the wallow. So, or the lagoon, is what I mean. Um, so, it's up to you how you want to plan that, plan the timing of when you arrive at the lagoon. I don't have a particular or, preference coming, myself. Coming at night is fine to me. Mm-hmm. Okay, coming at night? Okay, sounds good. Or oh. spending a night. Oh, spinning at night. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah, sounds yeah. good. I don't want to be hunted by something in a in a water at night. That's <laughs> worst worst possible decision to make. I, I I support your caution. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. So, um, uh, once you let's say you're able to travel about twenty miles, and um, you get sweaty as you're doing it, or you could travel fifteen, you know, and get there by the end of the day. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, let's see. How do I want to ask this? Cool. Uh, how do you decide and where do you decide to camp? Um, I assess the like plant life make sure that we're not going to sleep on something uh that moves (laughs) well I was going to say like poison ivy sort of not poison I mean yeah poisonous is I guess what I'm but they do also move right Mm -hmm. Um, sure I was trying to think we get in a tree that seems safest but I don't know. Could be. Who knows? So you want to try and assess the plant life around? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> plants and, and like, you know, not sleeping directly on like a, you know, fire ant place or whatever. Yeah. That's a good sort idea. of generally cool. checking out the area to find a, like a There is a cipher that makes a little safe house. Mm, I did yeah. not get it. Eventually. Just add water and air. That's a good time. So you can recognize your experience enough as a survivalist to recognize the basic stuff. However, um, for because you're unfamiliar with this jungle, if you want to be sure that you're away from any potential dangers, it would be a roll at difficulty five. Okay.
Good job, team. You, you notice some uh, some signs of perhaps uh, soil-dwelling creatures that might present an issue, and you're able to avoid those. And you also notice some plants that remind you of some that exude uh, sticky and potentially toxic sap mm. when crushed. Yeah, these are the things we don't want to do. Exactly. So you're able to find um, a spot that is devoid of those things, and you have your choice of whether or not it is near a monolith or within the jungle itself. Um, let's go with near a monolith. Cool. Yeah, that yeah. seems it's just mm-hmm. it's like more plot will happen next to it. So <laughs> that's what I was thinking too. It also seems more cleared out near them, right? Mm-hmm. It is, and that I like that better. That makes sense to me. So when you get close to these monoliths, um, and you're on the ground level, not just looking from the drone, <clears throat> you notice that. These monoliths seem to either be embedded in the ground or, or no, no, let me say this differently. It seems that it is possible that there is more to the monoliths than what you see above the ground. Hmm. Some like Easter Island heads. Yes, the moas in Easter Island, which are full statues rather than just the heads, has gotten hmm. buried by soil. So they might be taller, it seems. Any openings or markings? On the monoliths? No, they seem like solid onyx. So 250 feet tall-ish, but... How... 200. Okay. The trees so how... are... The canopy is about 250, so like about 50 feet between the top of the monolith and the okay. top of the canopy. How big are they on a side? Ooh, on a side. Okay. Um... And are they square? Yeah, so they're they're about the there's a, a circular, a cylindrical. There's a squat cylinder. Um, but again, I could stretch a bit further beneath. Mm-hmm. Um and uh that is fifty feet in diameter. Yeah. Day's gonna put a lean to or something similar right up against that. Seems good to me. Is there is it just stone, or is there some sort of... Uh, Numenera-esque thing going on? Ooh, alright. Please give me an understanding Numenera roll. Yeah. Difficulty 8. Ooh. Uh, can we reset all of our pools back to? Yes. You had two weeks to search after the uh, initial encounter with the alligator. Oh. All right. You get the vague impression that perhaps there's something having to do with these monoliths. Right. But their unfamiliarity 
suggest that you're going to need somebody to point it out to you so that you'll then remember what you studied. Mm-hmm. Like, you're like, I should know something about these. These probably aren't just constructs of onyx, but mm, am I just transposing that memory with another of large things that are also Numenera? I bet I would know for sure if I could talk to somebody who knows a little bit more about it. That's mm-hmm. your that's your thought. Like, uh, I'm I'm gonna figure this out. I just I just need to ask a question and narrow something down. I feel like that's probably gonna like try to sleep on its foot. Ooh, okay. To not be on the ground with the wiggly plants and such. Yeah, sure. So I can like get up on the base of it and just gonna mm-hmm. uncomfortably curl up and. I have an explorer's pack. I guess I probably have like a sleeping bag or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have the means by which you can keep yourself comfortable here. Yeah. So uh, you might need a boost from someone, or you bring you can find a spot with like a branch or maybe a rock around the side um, to get on top. But they are about seven feet above the ground. So. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Or at least the top of that cylinder that's exposed above the soil is about seven feet up. But yeah, you can definitely get up there. It's not going to cause you a challenge or require a roll. Just letting you know what the dimensions are. Yeah, I definitely like that better than sleeping on the ground out here. That sounds good. Are you all um, having watches or are you all going to sleep? Uh, with the eight of us, I, I feel yeah, like it's yeah. easy. Cool. Sounds good. Are you going to pair up, or is there going to be individual watches? Um, question team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't sleep. That's true. Unless you restored the senescence. But I thought we were waiting. Are any of them um, disciples of mine? They are disciples of yours, which is why they are a higher level than the others. Also, remember, um, the senescence... It influences their metabolism, and it has been five months since they last slept. Hmm. They're starting to slow down. Yes. But, no, I, I, I feel like it would be very rude to be like, well, you guys can't sleep, so you four are just going to be on watch all night. Um, yeah, no. I feel like <laughs> That's what taking turns on watch is nice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But also, it would probably be us and them for the mm-hmm. watches, right? Yeah, and everybody takes an hour, and you know, which also means that for the four of them who can't sleep, there's folks to chat with and okay. stuff like that. Yeah, that's a good idea. I will say this worth knowing, okay? Um, NPCs, right? When they match up against other NPCs, if they are lower level, they always lose. Hmm. Yeah, I was thinking we'd probably do like two-hour stints for each of us, one of us, and then the those guys. That sounds mm-hmm. good. That makes so sense. Far. Yep, I like that. The sound of that. Blaze, uh, Blaze's tutelage was able to get them to level five. So not bad. They are not good job, Blaze. Not chumps. Yeah. However, you know, there's a level six creature coming around. Right. And somebody else isn't spotting it. They're not going to notice it. And something might happen. Who knows what will happen? 
knows? I bet you do. <laughs> Maybe. I might know. Maybe. All right. So, I would like for someone, please, to roll a d4. Sounds like Craig just volunteered. <laughs> All right, awesome. One. All right. Who had first one? Legitimately, probably Faye, because he was like, I'm going to do my watch and then I'm going to bed and I don't have to get have my sleep interrupted. All righty. Faye, Drew, please mm-hmm. make a perception roll. The difficulty here is seven. Okay. That's so many. Um, what is perception is tied to? Perception is tied to intellect. <laughs> it's likely will not be hard for you. I don't have... Perception is not something that one inherently has as a skill the way we have initiative, right? Yeah, no, it's a skill uh, you no. have to have okay. taken. Well, well, initiative, you can take, you can get right. skilled in initiative just in the same way you can get skilled in perception. Mm-hmm. So it exists as a skill, and you have to take it. Come on. Come on. I want you to succeed. I'm double checking all my stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah it'd be hard be real hard yeah okay that's all I got yes awesome alrighty it's your first watch or it is the first watch the others have bedded down waiting for their time to, to wake up or be awakened Look out into the jungle. Did you have a fire at all? Is that happening? Um, Using glow globes? Yeah, I was just say, Faye is not into fire, save for its practical use of making food. And he has the, what is it? It's the upgraded glow globe, right? Yeah, the major Major glow globe. globe. So not much use for shooting. Fires do not have much use for light for him. Okay, great. Sounds good to me. So... Despite the challenge of see, seeing, well, I'll say this: you're up, and you would notice this in these southern jungles, sitting um, around the monolith. You're looking up in that clearing, and although the trees block a view of a lot of the sky, what it looks like is that you're sitting at the bottom of a well, and the top of the well is a luminous blanket of stars. So, Faye has probably traveled around lots of places. So, I'm not going to say that Faye has never seen a place without light pollution. If Faye has not seen a place without life pollu- light pollution, this is incredible. This is so distinct. It probably gives you a, a slight um, pang of sadness because it reminds you of the intensity when you were within the Omphalos and you saw the, scar- the stars mm-hmm. in, in stark clarity. But it doesn't seem like there's some kind of weird feature, just that there isn't civilization. You're in a jungle in the southern part of the world and looking out at the sky. So there's starlight, which helps illuminate the surroundings. And you notice um, a distance away within the trees, um, something maybe 50 feet up on branches 
and you see something shoot out from wherever that is and grab the sleeping monkey-like thing. And all you notice is <laughs> the edge of what looks like four appendages of some kind hitting the bark, slapping it, and being retracted. Still telling everyone it's a jumping spider. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it seems to strike and then disappear back into the jungle. You see that at first, yep. Then you see that happen a little closer. Mm. And then okay. at the very end of your watch, you see a similar shape right at the edge of the tree line. Cool. Not feeling too spooked because I'm not a monkey up in a tree. Uh, true. But How big were the monkeys? Though? <laughs> they were gorilla sized monkeys. Yeah, like if it's eating like chimpanzees, that's something to worry about. If it's snatching like capuchins, that's less a problem for us. And they deserve it. Well, I've seen that at the museum. <laughs> well, remember how big this is, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It so, yeah. was grabbing things at the top of their body. Looks like it was grabbing their head. So, you can fit a child's head into adult mm -hmm. hands. These monkeys are about three to four feet tall. Okay. Yeah, okay. If anybody needs to do their business, don't do it in the jungle. Go around the monument. <laughs> um, not quite spooked enough to wake everybody up, but Faye is definitely whoever is next um, will definitely share that information and mention it and probably want to keep an eye out and don't go near the tree line. Because how, how close is a tree line to the monument? Because I, I realize we have actually discussed that. We did. That's right. So the, the cylinder that's partially exposed above the soil is 50 feet in diameter. Mm -hmm. There's another 50 foot ring between a cylinder and a tree line. Okay. So it's not as large as the, the cordon of eliminated growth around a fort, right? Mm -hmm. That's done in the military. Mm -hmm. But it's big enough that it looks deliberate to keep the clearing either for safety's sake or for ceremonial sake. And it also does look like it's somewhat maintained. Mm -hmm. So not as though someone's mowing it every week, but clearly there are no trees growing up here. Right. There's grass and some small low-lying shrubs and that kind of thing. But someone comes periodically to prevent stuff from coming. Or there's some feature here that prevents trees from growing up sure. around the monolith. Yeah. I, th I think for, for Faye, especially being city boy, it's just like, that's a thing that's happening out there in the forest. I don't want anything to do with it. And I'm going to let everybody know <laughs> there's a thing over there. If you want to do something about it, you, you want to go investigate. That's fine. I'm going to go sleep now. Cool. And in character, absolutely passing the buck. This <laughs> <laughs> is somebody else's problem. It. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> that's not my problem. I'm here. They're over there. Also, I'm not those things. <laughs> going to sleep. <laughs> Nothing's grabbing me by my head and eating me. Yeah, exactly. Long, long as they stay over there, whatever. Never Food chain and whatnot. Eat, eat my face. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm with it. Yep. Alrighty. Cool. So, um, nothing happens on any of the other watches. However, you know, unless, unless, I actually, I shouldn't say that. Do any of you want to do something on your watches? Um, no, Ruben's Ruben's a good lad at watch. Wouldn't get distracted by the the big thing. Okay. Yeah, so please. Okay. I'm tempted to try to like lure one closer so I can see it. Actually. Ooh, okay. Like, just take a... I mean, I don't even know if it would recognize our rations as food. Mm. But if I see them snatching, just sort of toss the way you'd, like, toss a bread to a bird or something. See if I can get it to come into the clearing some. Mm. I see what you mean. Because I just... I want to... I want to see what it is. Mm. Yeah, totally. (laughs) I think you have a few ways to do this. Um, It is... Well, let's see. You first need to find one. Because, as Drew mentioned, either this one or the others were moving around. (laughs) So, if you want to perceive one, it would be a difficulty 7 perception test. I will try that. And imagine on this, I can't use my little spyglass, right? Yes. That will actually help with this. Especially because you're on the monolith, which, you know, at the center, if you're at the center, then it's 25 feet. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it it is a distance away, peering into the tree line. So that will actually help. Ooh, look at that. Look at that. Look at that. All right, you spot one. And it seems like there is one watching everybody. Huh. And you notice slightly different features about it because you're looking at the spyglass. It has a um, either a matte black color or something that makes it challenging for light to reveal its features truly. And it looks like a hunched form. Perhaps it is quadrupedal. It's a little hard to tell, but it is perched or hunched sitting at 50 feet up in the tree line. And it has a head of some kind turned towards you. But you don't see any eyes on its face. Again, that's possible that it's squinting or something like that. And, you know, it doesn't have a tapital lucidum. So you don't see any reflection from the faint starlight. Um, I knew that one. I just want to say. There you go, yeah. You love them cats. So um, it's, it's uh, yeah, you, you notice it there. So you notice where it is distinctly. Especially because of the spyglass, and you know that it's sitting on a, a branch like between two branches, the bucks. Mm-hmm. And I can see that it is watching us. Yes, it looks like it is turned towards you. The impression you get is that it is watching the camp. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take like a piece of a ration and okay. toss it towards the tree. Cool. So the tree, from where you are, is 75 feet away. Are you going to walk up and get closer to it? I'm not getting down off of my thing, because I imagine okay. I'll have trouble getting back up, so I'm just going to pitch it as hard as I can. Okay, gotcha. 
I think you could pitch it off of the the monolith and it would probably land within that range. Mm-hmm. And you would see it kind of like tense a little and look down at it. And then, or shift its head a little as though perhaps it was trying to perceive what that is. And then it looks back. Resumes watching the camp. Now it is watching you. I'm going to eat part of my thing so it sees that it's food. Because okay. I think this is intelligent. Could be. So you eat part of the thing? Mm-hmm. Gotcha. This is what happens. You eat part of the thing, that thing's there. You eat it and you watch it. And you're in this, I won't say standoff. You're not stare, or stare down. You're not in a stare down. Right? You're just like watching each other. And then you see some kind of furred creature in the dark crawl out from the tree line come up to the ration and it grabs it and then crawls back in and crawls up the same tree that that creature's on and you see the creature crawling on the other side and then you see the furred creature with the ration get snatched pulled up out of view and you hear a because you're paying attention to it now and watching it, you hear a squelching sound. I don't like this thing. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, huh? Okay. So yeah, I'm keeping an eye on it and keeping my little griffin tucked well inside my coat. Cool. I think that's a good idea. And then, 20 minutes later, if you're looking over there again, you see it return to its crux and start watching the camp again. Yep, okay. <laughs> I would relay that to everyone else and it's like, I don't I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) We are being watched. I mean, on the bright side, you've watched the watcher, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Keep keep an eye on them. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. And you know something about it, so. It could be worse. What did you say? It Great. could be worse. I mean, it's all it could be worse indeed. Looking in the eye as it devours the thing. <laughs> also, considering how much time that has spent observing it through the spyglass, Vet, uh, Vet believes that she could communicate enough information about how to find one in the dark that it would be easier for people to see them. Okay. So, yeah, it, it would be. Oh, yes! Oh, great. Yep. Here we go. That's what I'm talking about. Podcast, folks. A cat was just put in the camera. Look at that Z. Look at that cute. Incredible cat. We'll just let you do this. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Just grab him. Yeah, so... uh, I think you said that Blaze and Ruben aren't doing anything on their watches. Vet just had her watch, which yeah, let's say is last. the last watch. What was it? 
Yeah, I was going to say Bet. I think Bet was last. Cool. Yeah. Excellent. So, Bet's last, and um, as the sun is coming up, as it tends to do in the southern jungles, you witness the light shine above in the clearing and down through the monoliths, and you see something incredible. It seems as though in the dark and from a distance when the light isn't shining directly on these monoliths that they are onyx or appear to be onyx. However, when the light is directly shining on top and down through the the head of the monolith, it you see these rivulets or it's like cracks like um features within it that look like the fur faintly the fur of the Latimores. So when the light first hits one of these features, you see this distinct purple light that turns into orange. And so it the monoliths have this internal glow for a very short time. Hmm. Right in the morning when the sun is shining down on them. Interesting. Yeah. Craig is making such an intense face. I'm wondering if this is relevant to character or just Craig having a moment. It's like I'm imagining like a test tube full of fur almost. Yeah. That's a way to think of it. Or, um, let's see. Hmm. When you shine a light through an irregular crystal growth. And it, it shines has, from the inside because it's yeah. bouncing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And there's refraction happening within. And I'm seeing Lattimore fur. Yeah, I just mean because the color of the fur was purple to orange. So this oh, that, like just that color. Is not, okay. yes, yeah, like the, the structure of the crystal is reflecting. I had a picture of like a giant Lattimore inside of... Oh, that <laughs> within? That was yeah, like out a little bit. 200 okay. feet tall and it's going to yeah, break yeah. out? Yeah, yeah. No. But yeah. Like maybe are these eggs? Or? Yeah. Egg in this triangle. Now I understand, Craig. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. So, today we continue to the lagoon? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds good to me. I'm still not just about going to the lagoon. I'm not in front. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That's right, you sounds and I are good. ranged anyways. I am also keeping my head on a swivel for the that things thing. in the trees. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, the fact that we saw it hunting basically from when I was on watch to when you were on watch, we can assume nocturnal, unless, of course, it just doesn't sleep because it's that kind of super predator monster thing. Maybe it went through the ice cream, no longer sleeps. But yeah, it's reasonable to assume that it's nocturnal, especially considering the fact that it's nearly impossible for, or rather, let me say it this way, for a normal person, it's impossible for them to see them up in the trees. Right, because they're like People a mantle like fur, basically. Yep, exactly. Yeah, there's some effect on their body that renders them, renders it so that almost no light is reflected from their form. They're very cool. Yeah. I would be interested to like 
to make friends with one and yeah yeah we know or like that. to actually see one and just sort of figure out what's up with it but yeah for right now it's a thing to be aware of it's made of carbon uh, nanotubes <laughs> maybe it might be interesting to see what the hell's going on that is her so for now okay. um, lagoon excellent so you all proceed through the day let's say you get there around midday if that's fair Maybe you stop for lunch, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You're not there at night. You said you were planning so you wouldn't be there at night, which is prudent. And there's no way um, you're going to be prevented from accomplishing that. And um, if you're using the drone to help you navigate to make sure you're on the right track and you know where you are, that's totally cool. So um, the drone would be able to confirm. Go ahead. Yes. That is one thing I meant to ask. Uh, are we seeing any kind of like game trails or pathways mm. in the forest? Cool. Jungle. This is your second day traveling through the forest, so the passages through which creatures pass seem to be more clear to you, especially mm-hmm. Lupin. You're all working together on this, so that helps. Um, the 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 brushed undergrowth or trampled undergrowth that you noticed in the first day when you first came into the jungle seems more apparent. You see some more of the brushed park with the fur of the Lattimores that you recognize to be the case. Um, once you get towards the lagoon, you cross a threshold and you don't see any of the Lattimore fur within about a mile of the, the, the lagoon. But you do see some trails going here and there. This is making me less enthused about the lagoon. Yeah. It's fine. We don't have to go swimming. And we may put eyes on it and go... Nope, and leave. But until we get there, I'm just imagining the thing from outside Moria. Oh, <laughs> the yeah. watcher! I was just about to say, yeah. watcher, the water. The water. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or what's the name of that monster in the first episode of the Netflix Witcher adaptation? Oh, uh, I can't remember it. It's in the water. It's a. Uh, that one wasn't a silky. No, I don't think so. Kikimore. Ah, okay, thank you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good but one. there's not one of those in this lagoon. <laughs> oh, let's hope there is. We don't know yet. Yeah, that's right. Don't know. You don't know. So, yeah. Um, how close are you getting to the lagoon? Inside. Cool. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. As if nothing else, I mean, we probably need to refill up on water. It's a good idea. Yeah. And uh, the water does not look particularly murky. It, it does is, look deep. It does look like water. Does look like water. It's like you know, like a mercury or something. No, 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 it isn't. No, this, this, this isn't some weird ninth world alternative liquid. It is. It looks just like water. Is there flow coming into this lagoon? Like a river or stream or something coming in? Any outflows that we can see? Doesn't appear to be the case that there is surface level flow. But if there's something coming in that is probably filtering out, 
somewhere. Could be. Yeah. And you said it's not murky. Are we able to see the bottom? What you can see is this. And this might concern you. When the drone flew over, you saw things moving in it. But it was hard to tell, you know, water and the sunlight coming off of it. And it's hard to see and polarization and things like that. You get close, you don't see any movement. But the water is so clear that you can see down 50 feet. And you notice, especially if you get close enough to look, you notice that there are what might be burrows in the sides of a rock. So, you thought this was a lagoon. This appears to be the top of... What's the word for Um... Hmm... Not a filled sinkhole, but there are these geologic features that form in some jungles where um, it's... What'd you say? Cenote. That sounds right. Yes. Gay Geist! (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yes. Mm -hmm. It is a cenote. Yes, that's right. Thank you. So, this is a cenote. Um, so you get close and you notice that indeed it is perhaps limestone, perhaps of something uh, of similar porosity, right? And um, erodibility, erosibility. Uh, and there are holes in the side of it, down it. So um, if you were to somehow try and measure the, the depth, you could. But you see down 50 feet enough, it's clear, clear enough, and then it gets dark. And, you know, it's also not a complete um, sheer-sided cylinder. There are some prominences that come out here and there. But, uh, yeah, if you were to get close enough, you know that it definitely goes down past 50 feet. 50 feet is not the bottom. How large are these holes? Well, the holes look to be The smallest is 10 feet in diameter. And some are larger. And there are lots of ways to describe the way this appears. This might appear to someone as though those holes are burrows. Considering you used that word earlier. Don't like this. (laughs) Ash, they're just aquatic hobbits. (laughs) What was that, Chris? I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. I said burrows is definitely how Ruben would interpret them, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That makes sense. Yeah. Just as of course, impose that on Ruben. Is there a slope or is it fairly steep? Uh, Depends. So the the walls going down 50 feet, right, Mm -hmm. are relatively sheer. And there are these burrows all over the place. But you see these prominences that come out here or there. Mm-hmm. So there, there is a spot where you could walk your way down to 50 feet. And it would be in the near center of the cenote. Right, but the burrows and are you, deeper than that? The so burrows can... are higher than that as well. But oh, okay. there, are, there, are, there are definitely some that are deeper. So can we, you, Or can rather, we, you would assume that. We can try noodling a, a burrow. So it's interesting is the burrows are... And I, I think we probably want to investigate that, but is there any sign of settlement on the shores of the um, of the lagoon? No, it seems. I'll say this: 
You see no untrampled vegetation on the shores of the lagoon. Wait, untrampled? Yeah, you see no untrampled. All of it is trampled. As though things come out of the lagoon and trample the undergrowth going in different directions. And I a lot of like into the and trees. Yes, going into the trees frequently enough for it to be trampled. And I will remind you, there's no Lattimore fur within a mile of this lagoon. Mm-hmm. I just want to remind... <laughs> yeah, it was just, we're, we're looking for hope. As interesting as this weird little death trap of murder amphibians is, I don't think that hope will be in there. Well, I was going to say, can we look around on the shore talking about all this trampled stuff? Do we see eight-legged, eight-fingered footprint oh, type things? Any impressions like that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In the trampled stuff? <clears throat> what do you see? You see... Hmm. While you're thinking, I just guess I really like the idea of Blaze trying to noodle a ten foot wide catfish. <laughs> I, I like that idea. A yeah, lot. I mean, if you want to try to Let me pull out you. whatever lives in these things, yes, yes, please. I'll be prepared to shoot it. All um, I was thinking is putting a rope around his ankle and tying it to a tree and saying, "Go for it." <laughs> go ahead, buddy. <laughs> dangle him down there. Yep. Hold your breath. Go inside. See what that, see what you see. Yep. Like light bait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Uh, <coughs> if you want you to would... do that, I would. <laughs> Ash is willing to sacrifice your character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. You could sacrifice an NPC. You know what'll happen then. Yeah. No. <laughs> My I'd be prepared to be back up for this terrible idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we do have other priorities. Uh, yeah, you wouldn't. You wouldn't see. I'm like trying to think if there's any place where you would see those um you don't wouldn't see any of those prints i I didn't figure that's faye checking off the that's not where these weird forest things live we're sticking around and we dipping away from the block i would like to leave yeah (laughs) yes ruben knows uh, a dungeon they're not prepared for when they see one. <laughs> We're gonna do the sensible thing and yeah, yeah. leave. Much like the Lattimores. <laughs> Gotta go farm. Yep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm here for it. Right out a few wait more get... and then come back. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Wait wait till you finish tier six and then come back and be like, I got all my power ups, baby, let's do it. Put six levels of effort into the butt punch. <laughs> horrible specialization in fisting. Yes. Crack. Horrible lagoon worms. Yes. It's well, it was right it's there. Been, I had to it. Is it. Right there. You had to do it. You didn't. It wasn't your fault. Like with a pitcher throws a grapefruit right over the plate. Like you yeah. just got, you got to swing. You can't <laughs> let it go. <laughs> All right. You know, you, you know what you call it when Reuben does that a lot? Um, to a bunch of alligators or enemies in in in, in sequence. I don't. I don't think like you. Yeah. <laughs> we, we we call it fire festival. Also a disaster. <laughs> also a disaster. All right. So we exactly. leave the lagoon. See? 
<laughs> yeah, so you leave the lagoon, you move back. You're going to wait until you're a mile away from it before you proceed further into the jungle? Or are you just going to scout the experts? Yeah. Okay. Cool. You want to be out of range? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically where the where we can see that the, the people have been. The that's where I would consider us safe again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. Support it. Cool. All right. What are your next steps? You're going to keep um, following the monoliths? Yeah, can we track the the Lattimore trace, basically? Yeah, you can. You can start doing that if you want. Yeah. I'd say um, in order to do that, hmm, finding where they are, Reuven would have noticed this at a certain point as you're traveling through. The others of us, others of you might notice this as well, but Reuven as the rugged nano, I think, would perceive this intuitively. It looks like... <clears throat> you would find more of these tracks if they weren't concealing where they are going. Mm-hmm. So you see them often enough and you're like, oh, they're around. And then, wait a minute. If they were just inadvertently placed, why wouldn't I find it here? Why wouldn't I find it there? Right. Why am I not recognizing some consistency in where they're going? So the tracks that we're seeing are kind of more accidental or they have to leave a trail just because of We can see where they have covered themselves. Yes. Yeah. So you can try and track the Lattimores. If just tracking them is what you want to do, that'd be difficulty six. I don't have any skills for tracking things. Gotcha. I mean, we could try to like... Or track a Lattimore, you know, like... Try to, like, make a fire and make a, a signal. Might be one way to do it. <clears throat> and try to get Maybe them to find us. Cause a disturbance at the at the lagoon. Yeah, because that, that was my thing. It's like, I don't know why I want to signal anything. We got weird things in the tree, and then we got the lagoon people. I really don't want to just be sending out a to whom it may concern message. Yeah, yeah that's fair. And the trees are super tall and- and I do think the things in the trees at least are they have some measure of intelligence and I don't know that I want to wait I thought those are the same thing Mm-mm. no the, Lat- the Lattimore are the Yeti folks no I know that I was yeah we didn't see any, any of the thing. weird um, any of the be. weird prints near the thing you didn't see any of the weird prints but you noticed this is what happened right just to make sure I gave all the information it's possible I, I miss out on something that's in my head and so you are Deriving a conclusion which is accurate based on what I've what, what I've said, but not what I was thinking. I said, so uh, Faye first observed one side of what looked like what will cause the print slap against a tree and grab the head of one of these monkey things. Right. Then Vet was watching and observed a creature around the same distance at the same height, watching us ult or something. Then uh, a furred creature crawled down and grabbed the ration that Vet threw out. And that creature moved behind the tree. And then when that furred creature climbed up the tree, it got snatched. So it looked like it came from behind somehow and grabbed it. But you weren't able to see the appendages of it. It just got grabbed. Um, and so the, 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 the I think did I say four prints? Yeah, the four prints that you saw were first a print in the ground that was rather distinct. Then an impression on a rock. Looks like moisture or something. Then two impressions on trees that look like brushed bark. And it could lead you to believe that 
those might have been the result of this creature trying to grab things and maybe missing or grabbing things and pressing into the ground. Mm-hmm. So with that said, um, around the perimeter, right, where all the, the trampled vegetation is, you didn't see any of those prints in the ground. Mm. So I'm not saying that they are the same thing. I'm not saying that the creatures in the lagoon are the creatures in the trees. I'm just saying there isn't any information to necessarily say that they are they aren't. Okay, so like... We can kind of extrapolate that the print is whatever they're... they used to hunt with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if they aren't snatching at things around the lake, then they wouldn't have been leaving prints. Yes, exactly. Yes, that's exactly right. They could still be in the lagoon, they're just not snatching things there, or they could be unrelated to the lagoon. Right. Mm -hmm. But the information you have, hard to tell. So it's reasonable if Reuben's like, until we know for sure that they're not the thing sleeping in the lagoon, let's be careful. If somebody else is cavalier and is like, I don't want to worry about them because they're in a tree, that's also fair. Cool. All right. So I want to make sure I didn't like leave anything out that I was operating under. But yeah, do you want to try to? Yeah, it's difficulty six. Did somebody roll and I just didn't pay attention. No, I didn't. Sorry yeah. if I missed it. Oh. No, we we were kind of yeah, pausing. That'll, that'll probably be a, a Reuven roll because I don't have skills. Cool. You said six. Affirmative. Yeah. Not, not even difficult. All right. So you are able to recognize that what they're doing is this. These Lattimore, as as you're tracking them. They're leaving false signs, which is a common thing to do. However, it seems like what they're doing is, this is what you notice. When you're seeing these false signs, it seems that somehow this is a sign left on top of each other more than once. And then as you start looking around, you see maybe some pressed vegetation in the same spot. And it looks like what's happening is more than one creature is passing over the same area multiple times precisely where the others were. Which is unusual, right? What is it? Doing the cat thing. However, in this case, unlike wild animals, where there's some variation, it's, it's as though someone's leaving a footprint in the soil, and then somebody comes by with the same shoe. And they are able to put their foot in the same print the same way. And they press it deeper. So. You're able to appreciate that. And you're able to follow them. And. Cool again. Time. Excellent. This will be great. So. (laughs) This takes you several hours. Walking away from the lagoon. And you get close to one of these monoliths. And at a certain, let's say, you are able to, ooh, no, actually, I need to ask you questions and give you opportunities instead of declaring what happens. That wouldn't be fair. So, 
Um, you're following the spore and you recognize that you're headed towards one. And the drone... Hmm, let's just say, let me ask, what are you doing with the drone as you're pursuing these, this trail? I'll be honest, if we have a trail, Faye's probably using the drone to instead watch for weird forest tree grabby things, unless okay. Ruben has another use for it. But if we have a trail that we're following, I don't think the drone is quite as useful. Gotcha. Especially with the dense jungle. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Basically using it to watch our backs. Mm-hmm. Cool. Especially yeah. since I'm probably in the back. So is the drone under the tree cover? Is it within? Or is the drone still above the canopy? I'm down? thinking it's still above, but looking for, you know, if there's this big giant tree thing, you know, mm-hmm. clambering around looking for disturbances and stuff like that. It's going to be hard for it to see through the canopy. It's rather mm-hmm. thick. I was just thinking of like if it's on if it's large enough third person camera. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, I could yeah. do that. Oh. I could do that. Uh, I'm going to explain this concept to you. <laughs> that's Faye is totally like enamored. Oh, that's terrific and just parks and this drone now floats. You're, you're watching through its feet, so you just watch your own self and that way nothing can sneak up on you. Well, and let's be honest, it's Faye. He's got something plugged in so he can look forward and he can also look behind himself as this drone just kind of hovers next to his face, just pointed backwards. <laughs> so he just pilots oh. it in reverse. That's, I like that. Yeah. That works even better. Fantastic. Were you saying something, Craig? Okay, go ahead, Chris. I was going to say, I saw a YouTube video one time of people piloting drones with, like, the full VR headset and trying to, like, be Walk a and person camera. It's Ooh. fucking hilarious. It doesn't That's work. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> it's like the like the jankiest fucking, like, in 64 camera control. The, the one I saw was uh, folks wearing the goggles and having yeah. the top-down view to play soccer. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh no! <laughs> the, yeah. the very hesitant. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. I'll find oh, it again. Yeah. Post it in Discord. Sorry. Fantastic. No worries. No worries at all. All right. So uh, yeah, the drone is beneath the canopy. It's helping you watch your six as you're traveling through. Is that right? Great. Mm-hmm. Following this trail. Um. Hmm. Sure, I'm telling you this correctly. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Yes. So, um, it's getting dark as you're approaching, and uh, you start faintly hearing the sounds of some type of activity and um, Drew please make a difficulty 6 perception test through the drone's cam oh I messed up uh, uh, I reduced wrong numbers okay um uh oh wait through the drones camera would yeah. the drone count as an asset as a tool uh no it's what's allowing you to make this check okay 
do, 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 do. Alright. was a 13 for you. Great. <laughs> 13 is great. Which means I can give you the information I wanted to give you. Not that everything has to be the result of um, dice rolls, of course, right? I uh, just wanted this to be the result, this particular roll. There are consequences to failing this. So, um, Drew, you recognize that there is something following you in the trees, and it seems reminiscent of what you saw the first night. However, this seems at least twice as large. And this is what you can perceive. You cannot perceive its precise location. However, you can perceive its relative distance. It is about 100 feet away from you. And it seems like it is keeping its way out of a sight line. Does it appear to be getting closer or is it maintaining distance? It does appear that it's getting slightly closer. As you are getting closer along this trail and the sound of perhaps the Lattimores that you're pursuing is increasing in proximity, it seems that the creature that's pursuing you is getting closer to you. And you get the impression that perhaps at this pace, as you get wherever the sound is coming from and you find these Lattimores, this creature is going to be close enough to be on top of you. And the immortal words of Jeff Goldblum must go faster. <laughs> also, yeah, the ones night one were eating like three foot tall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Three, this was twice as big. Uh-huh. Yes, yeah, it, it, is, it is now capable of eating face size <laughs> things. Yep. Must go faster. <laughs> yeah. And that's where we end. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. That's where we are. All right. We will end there and pick up next week. That's exciting. It's going to be an exciting start. Yes. It'll be good. And yes, uh, in case anybody's wondering, we will be back next week or else. Absolutely. It's it's happening. Don't worry about that. I want to thank you all for your tremendous patience. um, It's a series of unfortunate events. Yes, indeed. Series of particularly unfortunate events. It is a tremendous pleasure for for all of us to play together and for you to watch us as we play and for you to support us um so we're quite excited to be resuming this and look forward to how rising helix continues um <clears throat> once again thank you to our patreons so for their generous support thank you to roll 20 and thank you to monica games for creating the cypher system which i am so fond of and we are all having such fun with so before I offer one last call to action, is there anything you all would like to say? Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. there's other things that are important. Yes, if you want to join us on Discord, that's yeet um, into.space. Um, we, we, we have a vibrant community, lots of hilarious people, lots of things shared. Do you want to talk about um, animals that are less um, horrifying than something covered in Vanta black fur with some kind of weird spider-like Oh, uh, now I want a creature? Vanta black puppy. <laughs> Oh my god, Atlanta back. Well, it would be great. All you see with his tongue. Oh my god. <laughs> no, it's a kind of a kitty cat. Kitty void. cat. Is great. A proper void. Yes. Proper void. Yeah, that's right. Proper void cat. That's hilarious. That's also great. Curl up into um, a little it. circle. Be a perfect. 
if you um, uh, are interested and able to support us, um, you can do so at uh, staylucky.club. And this is where we leave it for anything you all would like to say in parting. Okay. Well, thanks okay. again, folks. See you next week. Stay bye curious. Bye. 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 bye.